You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello ladies and gents, welcome to the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Well guys, show number 42. And we thought we'd change the genre a little bit and make it, you know, bigger than the sum of its parts. Get out of arm wrestling specific and do something a little wider. Last weekend, I was at Britain's Strongest Man at Sheffield Arena. And on the Friday night before the event, I went out with my mate Eddie Hall. And uh, I said, Eddie... Do you fancy coming on the podcast show? He's got a general interest in the sport of arm wrestling. And Eddie graciously accepted. So it is on. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's guest is none other than Eddie Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. On a bit of a break from tradition here, ordinarily we focus primarily on just arm wrestling. But fundamentally, arm wrestling is a strength sport. Everybody who arm wrestles is interested in strength, so we thought, why not cross it over a little bit and get somebody on with a little bit different background? Has he got a pedigree in strength? Oh, yeah. And it's a very, very strong one. Ladies and gents, welcome to the show, Eddie Hall. Ed, how you doing, brother? Hey, buddy, how you doing? All right, mate. I'm probably not as knackered as you. I know you've been going at it full bore over the weekend, as usual. Uh, yeah. Where have you been today? I've actually been um, ice swimming with uh, a, guy, a man called Ross Edgley, who uh, he's swam around the whole of the UK in something like 150 days straight. So uh, he's put me through my paces, that's for sure. I can imagine, mate. So you've spent like a, a significant portion of the day as a woman. I have literally, yeah, yeah. I, that's a complete, yeah. That, that's perfect description, really. That, I've been wearing budgie yeah. smugglers. Been wearing budgie smugglers since 11 a.m. this morning till probably 5 p.m. And we've been out in the cold all day, in and out the ice water. I am uh, absolutely zapped. I can imagine, mate. Thanks for coming on, Ed. I know you're run, running around like a lunatic, and um, just for, for for sort of the the, the general pers- purposes of setting things up. Since you got out of strength sports, obviously you've been doing a lot of interesting projects. Is there any sort of uh, little exclusives you can give us about some of them? Any you're allowed to talk about? Uh, I mean, you've probably seen the strongest man in history if you're out in the states. On the History Channel, that you know, that's done the rounds, very well received by the general public. Um, and then here in the UK, I did a series called Eddie Eats America. Uh, that was well well received in the UK. And then they're airing in each other's country. So Eddie Eats America is airing in the States soon on the Food Network, I believe. Um, and then the History Channel is already aired in the UK on the History Channel. And yeah, it's been a been a whirlwind. I mean, it doesn't sound much two series, but that was a good seven months of the year of me on the road constantly filming that. And that seems to be your life at the moment, mate. I mean, you, you, when we talk and when we go out and so on, you're obviously always telling me that you're running around like a nutter. Um, I think you're probably as busy, if not busier, than you were when you were competing full-time. Yeah, it's a different kind of busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just haven't got 
you haven't got an hour spare to do anything when you're training to an elite sport like that. Now it's, you know, I've taken a step back from the strongman, but I've replaced that with, again, two full-time jobs. Um, sort of, I picked up my YouTube channel that's doing very well. Yeah. I've uh, stood the TV shows, doing a hell of a lot of acting and, you know, acting lessons. And yeah, it's all, it's all just been a massive whirlwind. Lots of big projects coming up this year. And next year, I think the, the biggest statement um, we've done so far is I'm actually going into business with Arnold Schwarzenegger next year. Which is, that, that, that is a very... And you're doing a show, aren't you, mate? Over in, uh, I think you're starting in Birmingham, aren't you? Uh, what, uh, sorry, no, it's, it's the Arnold Classic. Yeah. Ohio, uh, you've been there yourself. Um, so you, you got, you're going to do international shows as well? Yes, so we're well, bringing the Arnold Classic to the UK in 2021. Yeah, awesome stuff, mate. A busy boy indeed. And just let's just take a step back for uh, anybody who's been hiding under a rock or is absolutely brand new to strength sports, mate. Just give us a quick resume of your major accolades and achievement in the world of strength, Ed. Okay. Uh, I mean, I started strong when at 19. I was the youngest man ever to win England's strongest man at 22. I then went on to win the UK's strongest man at 23. Again, the youngest guy ever to win it. Uh, went into world's strongest man at 24. Um, I think at 27, I pulled the 500 kilo deadlift, which is probably one of my biggest accolades to date. And then at 29 years of age, I went on to win the world's strongest man, 2017. In between that, I've won UK strongest man six times and Britain's strongest man five times, uh, along with the overhead world record. So I think this is a this is a big statement now. It's, it, it's to have the heaviest weight ever lifted off the floor yep. at 500 kilo and also the heaviest weight ever pressed, pressed above the head in an axle format at 216 kilo. And both world records still stand today. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's, you know, sort of been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. And the other one that I want to give an honourable mention in there as well, Ed, uh, was when you went for the overhead log press with effectively a fractured ankle. Um, oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely snapped my ankle. You know, I, it was, uh, I should have been in a cast. Uh, that was exactly two and a half weeks before the world record log attempt. And I went out there, still attempt it. I got it above my head, fractionally locked it out for a split second. But, well, of course, when the weight an ankle couldn't i couldn't stable it and i uh, just just missed out on that world record as well i mean looking at that um from a from a, from the advantageous position i had of being backstage with you and obviously being around you throughout that weekend anybody who's under sort of any illusions about your uh, ankle not actually being that that bad i can assure them it was i mean I, that thing was absolutely purple black and blue blown up like a balloon yeah. gotta be honest mate i thought you're a bit of a nutter for trying it but you, you stepped up and like you say you you came extremely close yeah now, just focusing on all those world records, mate, obviously, and all the accolades, the goal was always to be world's strongest man one day dead. I mean, we spoke about that, and you you were under no, never under any doubt that you were going to do it. But yeah. now that it's all sort of behind you, what was your favourite thing that you've done? Is it the 500? I mean, which has brought you more recognition, do you think, mate? Is it the 500? Is it is it world's? Well, what do you think uh, as the greatest pull? It's a tough one because because lifting a deadlift is, people can't fathom how heavy a deadlift is. You know, you've got general public 
that, that you know, do the day-to-day shopping, take the kids to school, go to work, they don't understand what a deadlift is, you know? Um, so to pull the 500 kilo was meh. You know, it did. It did the rounds in the strength world. It, 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 it wowed the strength world. But I think the general public just didn't get it, you know? Yeah. Didn't understand it. Whereas Will's Strongest Man, you know, I think there's, in total, there's 19 men. No, sorry, 20 men now that have won the Will's Strongest Man throughout history and i'm one of them you know and that that's a big thing so i think i think in terms of like knowledge accolade i think the world's strongest man was the best thing i ever did in terms of making my career success what i think cemented it was uh, a year prior i pulled the 500 kilo now I, I mean i'll go on to say is i i genuinely believe that the 500 kilo was the equivalent of usain bolt's world record you know it was the equivalent of roger bannister uh, running the very first four minute one mile it was the equivalent of the first man on the moon that's what yeah. i believe you know i set that standard so high and it was seen as impossible literally those were the words that were coming out of other strongman mouths the promoters the strength athletes it was just half an hour before you did it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally, Let's mate. Like right no <laughs> one, no one believed that it could be done. And I think mm. that for me, for me personally, that is the biggest and baddest thing I've ever done in my life. It certainly was. I mean, um, in, it, it's nice for you to hear you say that, mate, because I've been around a lot of combat sports. I've been around a lot of strength sports and sports generally. And I'm not sure I've ever heard a reaction in an arena like that one. <laughs> you won't probably been aware of it because where the hell your mind was, I have no idea. I mean, you were blacked out on the floor. But yeah. when you put that thing, mate, Jesus, I mean, the earth shook. That was ridiculous. You could you could literally feel the arena vibrating with the the, the reaction from the crowd. It was oh yeah, scale. And yeah. Like you say, it might go on. I mean, you mentioned those other great records and sort of, um, you know, benchmarks in sports of any description. I think you can also say this might be the old Bob Beeman jump as well, because mm. how long is it going to be before anybody breaks that damn thing? I mean, that there's that's well, quite some lift. Well, I mean, what makes me laugh is, you know, when I announced I was going to lift 500 kilo off the floor, I was, I was told I was a dickhead. I was told I was an idiot. I was deluded. Um, you would literally, I would literally read forums and, and social medias, literally saying like, this guy is off his head. Like it's physically impossible to lift 500 kilo. Yeah. And I kind of understand the doubt, you know, I was 37 at the time, the world record was 463 kilo. So it's 37 kilos off 500. So I understand the doubt. I do understand it. And just to remind everybody, mate, who set that world record? I did. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did. Um, well, I just don't think people sort of believed it. You know, but people didn't believe it was possible. And, we, you know, we've got people like Sejuna Savickas, the, the, you know, potentially one of the strongest men that's ever lived. You know, just before I'm about to lift it, he was asked on camera, do you think Eddie can lift this? And point blank, no, he can't do it. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's from the one of the strongest men that's ever lived is, is basically sat there and was like, nah, it can't be done. Impossible. It, it was sort of like he gave, it, 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 he gave that sympathetic, like, you know, I'm gonna be honest. No, he can't. I mean, and then he talked about the fact that um, you were getting to the stage where you could see catastrophic failure in some kind of body part, like your hips or your back, or and and you know, it's a pretty pretty intimidating, scary stuff that Zadrunas was talking about up there that day. Yeah, 
Did yeah, that I mean, have I an effect the, on you, mate? Did it, did it bother you? No, not at all. I, you know, I knew the risks and I, I was well aware, you know, it only takes one slight, one half a degree off and you can snap your spine. Jeez. It's a dangerous game. You know, lifting a world record is um, is dangerous, but beating a world record by 8% is um, is another level off. That's as I say, it's, you know, it's uh, Arnold Armstrong, uh, sorry, Neil Armstrong, um, landing landing that spacecraft on the moon, you know, with all the buzzers and warning lights going off, telling him to stop, telling him to turn back, telling him to, you know, give it up, deploy his, his, his shoots or whatever. And he kept going and he landed that thing on the moon. And, you know, that's it's the same principle. It was just going through that massive danger zone and having the belief that it can be done. Now, Ed, when, when you'd done the 500, obviously we saw that it had some serious effects on you, mate. You know, just for everybody's... Yeah benefit and, and 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 like i say a normal man like myself you can't get your head around what what kind of everybody's been playing football or they've been in a you know they might have done a fight sport and they've taken a bit of a good hiding they've they, they've been playing squash and they come back and the knees are sore how much of a toll did that lift take on your body and for how long i mean it must have hammered you physically I think, honestly, Neil, I think physically, mate, um, I was pretty much recovered within 48 hours, if I'm being honest. Wow. Um, my back was, obviously, my back was a bit bruised. I had bulge vertebrae in my back, but I, I, I think, honestly, physically, like, I was back in training on the, I think I did that on the Saturday. I was back in training on Tuesday. Um, where it hit me was the mental downfall, you know, putting all that sort of build up, all that climax into that one lift, sure. putting myself in this ridiculous zone that I, I literally cannot talk about. Um, it depleted me. I put my whole like life's work into that lift. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, uh, the day after, it was, um, you know, I went, went to my son's birthday party. And I suppose it's that daunting feeling, doesn't matter how great you are or what you do in life, you know, you're driving around, everyone just carries on as normal. You know, nothing changes. It doesn't matter how special you are or what you do in life. You're no better than everybody else. And I think you secretly, deep down, you want to be all the time. And for that one moment, you know, perhaps I was, but... The next day, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wiping horses. I'm cleaning up beer, beer cans, and I mean that's when reality hits. And mm-hmm. depression is a big thing of being, <laughs> being an elite sports star. You know, you're on top of the world. You, you're always seeking that acknowledgement. You're always seeking that you, that euphoria. And when you get it, it's the downfall. There's always a downfall, and that yeah. that hits you hard as a strength athlete. That's hard to take. It's it's kind of that thing you you're always when you've been competing an alpha at that level, you got to be always asking yourself what is next, what's the next thing, what's can I go yeah. on to, what can I do, and yeah, I suppose for yourself, Ed, you've thrown yourself into so many things. I mean, we were at Britain's uh, literally last weekend, and um, you know, unbelievable show, absolutely remarkable event. I mean, came probably one of the tightest finishes we've seen in Britain's Strongest Man. And I think it's fair to say there's nobody really that's as dominant as you were there now, and that sort of opens the field. It makes for a very, very uh, tight encounter and a nail-biter. Do you, yeah. you you must feel incredibly proud, mate, really, because let's be honest, you with, with Giants Live, you were sort of the torchbearer in that respect, where you created enough of a wider 
felt buzz across social media that people wanted to show up to see you do these crazy feats of strength and also a Brit take on the world. And you were the first man we'd had, probably since Gary Taylor, who was capable of doing that. So that's going to make you feel proud when you sort of Sheffield the other week. Yeah, of course. You know, I think when I started competing in Strongman, I won England's Strongest Man on a car park you know, outside of Castle. And mm -hmm. getting into the arena sports, I feel as though, you know, that gave me a platform to sort of show myself. I feel myself as, as very, the Conor McGregor of Strongman, you know, very loud, very vocal, very sort of out there and making these ridiculous claims. But I always backed it up. You know, I always delivered on what I said. And I think that's what, that's what drew the crowd into me. You know, that's why... Yeah. I believe that's why my followers are so much higher than everybody else because I was able to entertain. I was able to understand what people wanted to see. Yeah. And I was the guy that would deliver it. And then, you you know, you, you fast forward to 2014. I won my first Brits by a point, I think. And then the next year, I won it by eight points. And then since then, I think every year, I won Britain's Strongest Band by sort of eight, nine, ten points even. Um, yeah, and, and, and people... People knew I was going to win it, but they still turned up to see the, as you say, they turned up to see me do these ridiculous feats of strength. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think I can, <laughs> I think I can very comfortably say without sounding too arrogant is that, you know, I, I built up a lot of the, the strongman sport, you know, in terms of fans. I brought a lot of attention to the sport that wouldn't have been here today if it wasn't for me and my ridiculous claims on lifts, such as the 500 kilo and the, and the axle press and, you know, little old Eddie Hall from a shithole called Stoke-on-Trent that could go on and win the world's strongest man. And, you know, to say all these things beforehand and be very, very vocal about them, I believe is what what made Strongman great in, in the UK. Yeah. Somebody who had the balls to be the Conor McGregor and back it up. Exactly. I think you're making a good comparison there. It is like the sort of Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, that athlete that comes along and just really ignites the sport and I think you were polarising in that respect because some people wanted to see you land flat on your ass some people wanted to see you uh, never stop lifting I think a lot of people were gutted when you announced your retirement in that respect but the fact that when you did you've still got that massive following I think is evidence enough of the, the weight that you carry and the popularity that you carry mate I think that's that's fair to say when you um one of the points I wanted to make on here, sometimes you read comments when we do the giant shows and they say, oh, there's too much noise there. I mean, Christ, I don't half get some with it. You know, oh, you, you, you're making too much noise in the arena or whatever. You... I wanted to sort of get some insight from you on the noise levels within there. Do you, does it give you a boost when the place is going crazy? Do you feel like you can do more when it's in that kind of environment, that sort of visceral arena uh, environment? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, the 500 kilo, when I walked out there, um, I was actually very calm uh, and, and sort of controlled. And then when I got up to that bar, I obviously got into this scenario in my head that I, I would create. And I actually used the referee, uh, Dave Warner. I actually stared at Dave Warner and turned him into this character that I needed to sort of destroy. And it was the crowd, and I just saw the crowd as a as a as a witness to that almost, um, and the chanting, the screaming, and uh, there's no doubt that that added to the adrenaline. I feel as though, I feel as though, 
unless it's a life or death situation, I think, you know, if you put two people in a boxing ring with no crowd, I don't think, you know, it's not going to be as, as good a fight. And that's exactly the same thought process for the fan and Jaquila was, you know, people, I'm there in front of a huge crowd, with all TV cameras all over me. If I don't do this, I'm going to look like a dickhead. And mm-hmm. I think there's that little bit of pressure from the crowd, from the cameras that, that makes you sort of pull it out of the bag and give that extra percent, to, you know, lay it down on the, on the mat. Now, obviously, we, we've seen these arena shows. We've seen new guys come oh. into the sport. And you're one of the acknowledged or recognised greats in the world of strength. In fact, I'm going to go on record, and not just because we're personal friends. Uh, this really isn't me sort of blowing smoke up your ass, mate. It's purely and simply based on the fact that I put a measure of strength as static strength. And if you're looking at the sort of pillars of static strength, it's going to be the deadlift, the squat, and the bench press. And if you look across those, the deadlift is the daddy of strength. And you're the man who's lifted significantly more than anybody else so so until somebody beats that and knowing what you can do from a press and an overhead perspective as well that puts you as my uh, personal belief that you're the strongest man that's ever lived now you've just done the show the strongest man in history and had a lot of fun doing that with another guy who's got to be in the running for that I mean Brian Brian Shaw for those who don't know but Brian Shaw an absolute giant from the United States and he is four times world's strongest man a genuine freak athlete and he'd be in the running for that as well but my question to you would be Ed who do you feel is your favourite strongman in history and who do you feel is the strongest man that's ever lived oh I mean, that's a really hard question to answer because I I like to gauge strength off accolade, you know, off what you can do from A to B. Yeah. And people will say, you know, people like Louis, Louis Sir and Paul Anderson are the strongest men that ever lived. But, you know, these guys did stuff that nobody else did. You know, they, they did hip lifts, they did dumbbell presses above their head and nobody was really sort of you know on their league to sort of jump in and be like oh i'll do that you know i'll get the same equipment i'll do hit lifts i'll do dumbbell presses whereas a deadlift is so generic you know anybody around the world can grab a standard deadlift bar chuck some weights on and see how much they can lift Mm -hmm. and i think for that opinion is who can pick up the most weight from A to B and you know same with squat same with bench I think these are strength movements you know pulling a pulling a plane for instance for me doesn't test how strong you are it that that for me tests how tall you are how how good you are at using your levers Mm -hmm. you know using that to your advantage use putting your power down and leaning forward uh throwing a keg over height that that's sharing you know yes it's it's sharing explosive power but it's also you know lays into the hand of the six foot ten guys very easily you know um and how's that a show of strength but you know it doesn't matter if you're four foot or ten foot you lifting that weight from a to b in a deadlift format, it's the same. It's the same distance travelled. People might say taller people have got it harder. I, I call bullshit. I actually think tall people have got it easier because they've got longer levers. Mm-hmm. So the for me, the ultimate test of strength is who can lift the most weight from A to B in a deadlift format. 
and that man is me, you know? So I can sit here and and, and on history and people will laugh and people will say this and that, but okay, if you want to laugh and, and, and say otherwise, prove it. Prove it otherwise. Somebody else, come and prove it. Somebody thinks they're stronger, come and do it, you know? Um, can, I mean, you look at someone like Brian Shaw, mate, you cannot mock him. Four World Strongest Man titles, however many Arnold titles, ridiculous amount of accolade. Put us in one spot. Who can lift the most? Who can put the most above the head? Who can bench press the most? Who can squat the most? I'd beat him hands down all day. Same with four. Same with Big Z. You know, all these guys, I would beat them hand down on static strength. No one can deny that. If anyone denies that, then they're bullshitting themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe I'm the strongest man in history, because I can lift the most and I can press the most. Ladies and gents, we've got to take a short break just there, but please do not go anywhere. Grab yourself a brew, take a few, and we will be back in two ticks with more from Eddie Hall. Welcome back to the show, guys. If you're just joining us, we've got a special guest tonight, and he's outside of the world of arm wrestling, but he's very much inside the world of being strong. Let's hear more from our guest, Mr. Eddie Hall, the beast in the mother fluffing house. Now, Ed, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Obviously, um, Eddie eats America. Unbelievably yep. successful, mate. I mean, it ran ran over here, did really, really <coughs> well. Sounds like you're going to be doing another uh, another hit of that. You're going back out to do some more. Still hungry? <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that show was it was a lot of fun to film. Uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world, but by Jesus, it was not enjoyable doing those eating challenges. Those challenges are, just, are designed <laughs> to just destroy people, you know? Yeah, you have more um, after effects than you have from the 500. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there was one challenge I had to eat uh, two pounds of Car- Carolina Reaper crawfish, which is the hottest oh. pepper on the planet. And I got three quarters of the way through. I went blind, you know, literally I rubbed some in my eye. I couldn't see oh. my, my throat swelled up. My throat closed up. I couldn't Jesus. breathe and, you know, stuff like that. And I remember, you know, I was in the kitchen afterwards and I'm running my head under the tap for like literally two hours. And I think to myself, why the fuck am I doing this shit? And, <laughs> you know, but it's entertainment, man. And I watch it back and I'm like, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life is watching me cry for my mom literally blinded and can't breathe and it was and stuff like that, i just love you know i love being that class clown love being that entertainer uh that's what i live for you know i really do enjoy entertaining people and that's why i will go back and do a second season and you and, and obviously from what obviously from the time we did spend mucking about we know you're all about the banter i mean if for if people listening if you met some of ed's mates you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the banter that goes on we'll leave that for it's a different kind of show a bit later <laughs> at night <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, that's it. Uh, there's a lot of banter in there. But joking aside, mate, it's always seemed to me, right, like you're very well suited to the, the, the whole challenge genre generally. You know, just from the perspective of your general demeanour, mate. Uh, mm. And we spoke earlier on, you said about does that still hold a lot of appeal for you? And you said, yeah, I want to do things. So Eddie Eats America is almost like an extension of that. The strongest man in history is pretty much an extension of that where you guys travelled around. And I wanted to sort of draw it a little bit closer to home. We're here on the World Arm Wrestling League This Week podcast, and we've talked about it in the past. You've alluded to it and the potential 
and your desire and willingness to actually have a go at arm wrestling. Now, it's difficult, really, because you know quite a bit about arm wrestling in terms of the technicalities of it, the, the fact that it's a very different sport. It crosses the boundary with strength and combat sport. So what's your barometer on that, mate? Would you be keen to, uh, to have a go at arm wrestling? Yeah, of course. You know, arm wrestling's always been something I've been highly interested in. And as you know, you know, I've had a little dabble in there with, like, if I had a little play with Lalis. And, um, you know, I love it. I absolutely love it. But it also scares the shit out of me. You know, <laughs> you, you know, they got some of the pros out there. That, uh, is it Devin Larratt? Or Larratt? Yeah, Devin Larratt, yeah. Bad man. Devin Larratt. Like, that man, like, you know, you'd saw him in the street, you wouldn't think anything. But that man will literally snap your arm clean off your shoulder. And... That, that, that sort of, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. You know, it's not all about brute force. It is, you've got to be very clever to be a good arm wrestler. And that's what I love about it. You know, it's not just meatheads going into a, a platform and, and grunting at each other. These are very calculated professional people. So based on what you know, mate, if you're looking at the roster now, I mean, obviously the Devons, we've seen what Devon did to Thor Bjornsson and, 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 and it takes a little bit of the mystique out of it. But if you were looking at the sport and you were thinking from a challenge perspective, is there anybody on the roster that you would be interested to have a crack at? Who do you think you'd be, you know, is there anybody you'd like to match up with? Um, you know what? I mean, I mean, I think that like the 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 heavyweight pros like Devon would just be they would just well not not ridicule me, but I just feel as though I, I against myself. You know, it'd be pointless. Like the, I'm too sort of sort of too much to to too level. much leverage, too much technique. Too I mean, much. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's something that you know I've been world's strongest man and. Uh, you know, I've been on the road for two years. I, I just feel as though to jump in with the heavyweights would be a big mistake. I think it's something you'd have to do for a good few years to sort of be at that level at heavyweight. I think there's some middleweight guys, you know, middleweight world champions that they've caught my eye that I think, you know, I know the weight advantage, but I think given the handicap of all their experience, I think it'd be pretty even for me to jump in with a, a middleweight and go up against, I think there's a, a guy called Rob Vigent. Vigent? Oh, Rob Vigent Jr., yeah. Vig oh, Rob Vigent Jr. <laughs> so he caught my eye, you know, and I saw him go against some of you guys. He's got big arms. But I thought, you know what, I bet I could, I bet I could give him a good, a good round, you know. I reckon I could, <laughs> I reckon I could beat him. Mate. I mean, everybody, I've, I've heard a few people on the circuit as well, you know. Obviously, I'm in, in that circuit of people, and I've heard people say he's a bit of a pussy. You know, he loses the odd match and all that. So, um, oh, someone like Rob would be good to go up I'm messaging him right now, Ed. I'm going to be... Oh, well, we're about... <laughs> oh, God, you just started something, mate. Well, right we're up. talking about this, I have got to send Rob... Something on that. I mean, yeah, that, that standing. I know what you're getting at. Everybody's saying that every every man and his dog can beat Rob Vinci Jr. <laughs> yeah, mate. I mean, I've seen him compete. I've seen him win loads of matches, but he seems to get a lot of sticks. So I might as well jump on that bandwagon and just say he's a pussy, and I think I could beat him. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, oh, we might have a bite here. That. Or has he replied? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try it, mate. I'm gonna try and join him into this call. Just give me a second. Let's see if we can see Where's if we he can... in the world. Where's he in the world right now, then? Yeah, he's, mate, he's the hammer holder. That's the world arm wrestling league champion, middleweight champion of the world. Oh, right. Let's see if we can get Rob. I'm calling Where's Rob. Where's he Vigil. based? Is he in America? Yeah, yeah. 
American, and he's uh, he's not shy either. He, he, he is not shy, mate. Let's see if we can get him. Come on, Rob, pick up some. Let's see, pick up. Some. Oh, hey. hey, what's up, Neil? Neil, you... hey, Rob, how are you doing, mate? I'm good. You sound like you're having a grand old time. Yeah, I, well, funnily enough, mate, I'm, I'm going to let you into a secret. I'm actually calling you from the podcast, not just for a chat. And uh, your name just came up, Rob. Oh, it did? Let yeah. me guess. Uh, is, it, is it one of the five no-name middleweights that can whip my ass? Or, or uh, one of the 25 <laughs> no-name middleweights that can whip my ass? Uh, Rob, you're going to love this. <clears throat> it uh, is not, it's, am not, I? it's not a ginger Australian. And it's not, it's not any usual okay, suspect. Okay, that could eliminate any one of five potential hopefuls. <laughs> you know who it is? I can only <laughs> get... There's so many nowadays, Neil. Think big, dude. Think big? Really big. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? Uh, hang on. Big hang on, big hang on. Can, can you hear me? Who the fuck is that? Right, I'm, right. You've got, you've got <laughs> ten questions. You've got ten questions to find out who I am. Okay, Go. so... You got an accent, and uh, so <laughs> is that a British accent or an Australian accent? I can't tell between. That's like New Yorkers and Bostonians. We can't tell. Okay, okay, okay. First question gone down. It's British accent. Okay. Um, are you somebody I've seen arm wrestle? Do you arm wrestle actively? Ooh, I would say no, not actively. Okay, okay. So, but you're somebody who perceives yourself as strong. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would definitely give that a yes. He's That's your third there. question. Yeah. Okay, so you're a guy who's bench pressed a few pounds a few times, and now you can beat someone. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so do you compete in uh, a level of professional sports? Yes. Oh, did you do? do. Okay, what am yeah. I up to? Four questions? I'm good at this game. I play this with my kids. No, no, I, think that's, I think that's five now. Let's go for five. You've got five more. All right. Um, is, it, what, is it a strength sport? It's... Yeah. It, okay. So I might, I might be stepping in shit here. I can see what's going on. Are you, <laughs> are you over 300 pounds? <laughs> I am. Oh, okay, okay. Do you have a fucking mohawk? <laughs> I mean, it's not a fucking mohawk. It's just a mohawk. All right. All right. So I'm on the phone with is Eddie Hall. You, it, you got it. It's your worst nightmare. <laughs> it's just come true. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you honestly. I've got. I've had some pretty fucked up nightmares. But in terms of talking <laughs> shit to uh, haphazard strong guys, I wasn't expecting this one. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not going to believe this, thanks, mate. We're just talking about. Thanks the fact for that setting every, that up, Neil. <laughs> every yeah, it's all right at any time, mate. It's kind of, kind yeah. of what I'm here for. It's a public service, and I, Rob, we're just talking about the fact that everybody and anybody can beat you. Eddie's on that same bandwagon, mate. He, he thinks he's got your ass as well. So wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You're on the phone with Eddie Hall, talking about whatever you're talking about, and somewhere in the whole world. Of Eddie Hallness and whatever he's got going on comes up, he could beat my ass at arm wrestling. <laughs> exactly that, and I'm not lying. Like, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty cool, because I'm, I'm moderately flattered, and then there's another piece of me that's moderately offended. <laughs> well, tell the moderately offended to go fuck himself, <laughs> and I think that we should get it down. 
and maybe get an arm wrestle on because I I've, I've seen you wrestle, mate, and it's good. But as I say, I think I've seen a lot of man and his dogs beat the fuck out of you as well. <laughs> oh, it's on now. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So we're gonna have another example of a guy that pushes weight and he thinks he can get on a table in my world and pull. <laughs> See, I heard that you're a great presser, but you're gonna be in a world of pulling, buddy. Well, if you don't know if you heard, mate, but I've pulled quite a bit of weight off the floor. I'm not sure uh, what, what kind of air do you haul you're thinking of, um, but I can push and pull pretty much anything you put on the table, buddy. Hey. Well, I, I, I will rebuttal and say that you can push and pull anything on the table with the exception of a few names, myself included. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd have to disagree there, sir. Now, the only thing what, to make this your... fairer, though, guys, that just Ed, what about your right arm, though, mate? You've knackered your right arm. Um, that's true, actually. It's a good point, to be honest. Let me get this straight. This, you're going to be the list of many a hopeful that after they bark through the fence, you've now got an injury. I see. Yeah, uh, no, genuinely, clear. though, you did, he, did, he did actually blow his <laughs> bicep off the bone. I mean, Did he blow both biceps off the off the arm? No, right arm. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I can have respect for a genuine injury. Are you are you strong both arms? Oh, my left's fine, mate. Absolutely fine. Yeah, how heavy are you, Rob? About two hundred pounds, about five foot two or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, six two. I'll take the height, but you, yeah, about two hundred pounds. Are you six two? Yeah. Wow, you look a lot shorter on the videos, buddy. That's, uh, that's uh, incredible. I was thinking the same with you. You can't oh, be packing six feet unless you've got uh, your mum's phone book, can you? No, well, no. So I, I usually use your wife's phone book, mate. To be fair, but there we go. <laughs> that escalated quick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Rob, it sounds yeah. like we might have something here, mate. Left arm. I mean, it's not your, it's not your good arm, mate. But you're not bad on your left, are you? No, I'm proficient. I mean, I think that uh, when when I train, I do both arms. Uh, lately with WAL, it's been uh, all right-handed, but I've always been very competitive, uh, both hands, barring injury. So uh, with not being in a match, left-handed for a long time, and getting the opportunity to break it out and use it, I, I think is great. And especially where uh, the rights put in so much work, it's uh, – it's nice to get balance in there and take some of the pressure off it and, you know, have a crack at a guy that, uh, you know, really brings all what I thought about strong men and arm wrestling and professional arm wrestlers to the test. It really brings it to the brink. I mean, no, but joking aside, you've been, you, and we, we've spoken about Eddie before when we've been at events, and I know, I know that he's someone you've got a massive amount of respect for. Oh, you did yeah, absolutely. You found absolutely. out about the wife's phone book thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the wife's phone book thing is something I'm going to have to interrogate her about later. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of 50% think it's joking and 50% yeah, sideways looks when she gets home. So we'll Yeah, I mean, I mean, go easy on her, buddy. She's already had a rough time from me, so don't get too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Eddie's definitely somebody that, like you said, unless you've been under a rock, uh, it, you know who he is. And the idea of putting somebody on a resume, you know, arm wrestling is something that to the public, uh, you know, it, it is it is a strength-based sport. There is athleticism. There is skill. 
but the base of it is strengths. So being able to showcase that strength and dig in a match with not just a guy who's someone who's got a nephew that can, you know, he's the strongest guy in Planet Fitness. You are going against the pinnacle of strength athletes. So I think it really is a, a beautiful display, win, lose, or draw of, uh, you know, where the sport is and getting a chance to pull a guy who, you know, pretty unanimously, a lot of people are given the nod as the strongest man in history. Oof, there you go. Oh, that, that's very nice, mate. I actually, I actually appreciate it. I actually like you a bit more now. That's, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to have been a, in the strongman world myself. It's a, it's, a, it's a venture I tried when I was in my early 20s, but I didn't have quite the bulk. I, I realized that some of those uh, uh, lifts and moves that they were doing at the time favored just general body mass. So uh, I went in a different direction, but yeah, massive respect. I had friends that were in the game and uh, just a lot of respect for all things strength and, you know, in general. So I think it'd be great, you know, ball busting aside. I love all the banter, but I yeah. think if, if you're curious and you want to give it a run and I mean, I think it would be an incredible thing for me to put on my, my resume that win, lose or draw, I got to pull with the guy who's crowned as the strongest man. That's awesome, man. Well, I mean, the respect's mutual. You know, I've got a big respect for the arm wrestling world. I by no means think I'm going to come in and dominate anything. And that's why I've sort of said, you know, the middleweight, not the heavyweights. Um, so, you know, I genuinely believe if I put a lot of training in, and I mean a lot of training, me and you could have a really good match. I, I think there might be a good chance for myself. Um, but as you know, mate, it's strength when these sort of games means pretty much fuck all. It's, uh, right. it's, how, it's how you deliver it. Right. Right. You know, you know what, Rob? We were talking earlier on. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people in in the arm wrestling world have often spoken about how your top class uh, giant strongmen would do. And one of the guys we talked about before, after we saw what Devon did with Thor, was Brian. Well, let you into a little secret. <clears throat> Eddie knows all about how strong Brian is because these guys, Eddie and Brian, actually arm wrestled at Giant Slide backstage on a on a full spec World Arm Wrestling Federation table. Um, Eddie, do you want to tell them how that one went, mate? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so uh, I was due to go out with Lalas with a right hand, who obviously, as you know, beat myself. But um, after that, me and Brian had a left-handed match. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty close, but I, I, I just got him to the, to the pin in the end. And, you know, Brian's six, six, five, six inches taller than me, you know, bigger levers, uh, much more thicker set arms. And, you know, I, I, I showed him he was boss for sure, so... Wow, go. that's that's impressive. I mean, so you're the you're the king of all that represents strongman at this moment in time, even in terms of arm wrestling. It would say, I would say that. Yeah, that'd be a fair statement. Well, that's, and what, that's even cooler because now, if it you know that you're kind of the Highlander of strongman arm wrestlers, you've decapitated all the other strongmen. So if I was to beat you, I don't got to worry about Brian Shaw coming on my back door. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point also, mate, yeah. Mate, nobody has to worry about Brian Shaw coming on the back door unless uh, Brian's really bad and gets sent to prison and you happen to be in the same cell. And if that situation ever presents itself, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> now, joking aside, let's just try and put a cap on this. If I'm hearing things correctly, we've gone from... We've, we've, we've covered some serious ground here. We started out talking to Eddie generally and we've ended up with a real possibility that Eddie Hall is prepared to have a crack at Rob Vigent Jr. left-handed in the World Arm Wrestling League. Am I, I just, I just that, want to note, though, that this is still... 
I'm going to go have a drink after this because I'm trying to get my head around how in the fuck I came up in conversation. Like I yeah. said, it's kind of cool, <laughs> but, you know, it's just another guy that, you know, is going to whip my ass until they don't whip my ass. <laughs> well, I think it's quite surreal myself. I think Neil just has to come on the show. I had no... No agenda, no incentives, and uh, your name popped up, and then now, now we are uh, here. We are ready to do war. So there you go. Yeah, yeah funny how these things happen. Minute. But hey, I'm not complaining. I mean, there's a yeah. few phone calls I need to make, but um, theoretically, my God, that'd get six or one off to a start, wouldn't it? What a way to kick off the six hundred series. So Eddie, you would actually be up for this, mate? I, I, I don't even know what six oh one is, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> It's actually, it's a number. You don't have that many fingers and toes to count that high. It's six hundred and one. Yeah, all I know is five hundred, mate. That's all I need to know. What's that? Is that how much you curl? No, that's how much my my dick lifts. <laughs> With my wife's phone book, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Fellas. <laughs> I, I know Eddie's been on it all day and uh it sounds like I've got some phone calls to make. My God. Rob. Sorry to drop on you, mate, but yeah. Eddie, I want to thank you massively, mate. I know you're running around like a nutter. I owe you one. Lovely darts. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's been an absolute honour and a pleasure. And uh, we got to talk. we got to talk. Rob, left arm match, 601. If it comes yeah, up, Yeah, I love in. the idea of it. I love the card. I, I love the idea of, like I said, for all the reasons, I, I, I'm in. Let's do it. Ladies and gents, Eddie Hall versus Rob Vigent Jr., left arm at 6.01. Something you'd like to see? I know I would. <laughs> Let's have it. Fellas. Well, I'm in. Thanks for the call, Neil. And Rob, nice to meet you over the phone, buddy. I look forward to our match. Let's make it happen. You as well, man. I hope to see you soon. So Take care. Take care, buddy. Guys, I am so sorry, but I got a call time on tonight's show right there. I want to say a massive thank you, firstly, to tonight's special guest, Mr. Eddie, the Beast Hall. And I also want to thank <laughs> the man who we threw under a bus, Rob Vigent Jr., WAL middleweight champion. Uh, sorry we dropped in on you there, mate. I also want to thank everybody, all of you, for checking out the show and tuning in. And we hope you will do same time next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week, with myself, Neil Pickle. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.